your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer. Thank you for joining us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Talking about the Sport of Kings. 29 days. 21 hours and counting to Derby 137. The clock is upon. It is that time. Beautiful day where I was located in Kentucky. Just got me thinking about Keeneland, which opens tomorrow. Racing has begun when Keeneland opens the doors. Winning Ponies continues to roar into spring. With over 2.1 million in predictions. This is how we see the race shaping up. The predictions. Hope you were aboard for many. If not, it's never too late. We're on Facebook, Twitter. We got blogs, stories, news, and most of all, and most importantly, state of the art handicapping data. Color coded, easy to use from the hardcore handicapper to the novice, brand new. Makes it very easy for you to see who we like for your process of elimination, and you can focus now more on money management. And that's really a great deal of the battle. Color-coded, easy to use, makes it even, even that much easier. Tiered levels of contenders, breaking it right on down for you. Handy icons. Like to know when there's a monster workout Dropping in class, first-time blinkers, things that, you know, I may take for granted after the fact, say, oh, first-time blinkers, guy about 23%. Right there, right on top of the material, detailed writer and trainer information, add all this up, and you have a one-stop shot to make your day at the races a winning one. So stop gambling, start winning. Check out Winning Ponies, www.winningponies.com, and join us each and every Thursday. Is Winning Ponies likes to get it out there. Let's talk some horses. Let's make some things happen. Speaking about that, what's happening tonight? We're going to do a recap of last weekend. Biggins? Biggins are how the big predictions are doing. Hopefully, uh, we're talking about the biggins that you had and the big scores you took down. And we usually dash things up with a little story of the week. Special guests this week. Guests, plural. Two wonderful people. First, in the segment number two, racing secretary at Keeneland's Willis Churchill Downs as they kick off 
the 75th anniversary, Mr. Ben Huffman going to be joining us again. Ben, one, I always say this about so many people, because it's true. He's really one of the nice guys of racing. At the bottom of the hour, Daily Racing World, calmness and handicapper and good guy in racing as well. Marty McGee is going to be checking in. He's at a ball game, River Bats game in Louisville, Kentucky. So we'll keep it brief on Marty because he's got to see the boys swing the wood. Any time left leaves a little white knuckle power play final furlong handicapping. And trust you me, I like some runners this weekend. Spoke about it in a blog last weekend. Two runners, actually, not bragging, hopefully you were just all over it, was dialed in. And the other was Guy's Reward. And if you kind of go back and read in between the lines, it just it really liked Guy's Reward in there, but it really felt like that was the big place and show wager of the day. And, you know, it's a win wager as well. He's, he's as honest as the day is long. And we had a winner, got lucky with a 5-2 to two shot in, and I believe 480 to place on guy's reward hopefully snagged a piece of that and we also talked about the tvg folks that have been let go a lot of people responded to that check it out and you know toss in your two cents worth let us know what you think i mean you may you may think completely something different all opinions accepted understood and and respected let's talk about last weekend let's respect last weekend We've got the Gulfstream Oaks grade two at Gulfstream park three hundred thousand up for grabs and that was our Heat Lightning. Our Heat Lightning wins this race. Johnny Velasquez, Todd Pletcher by eating three parts of length. The Rampart Stakes, grade three at Gulfstream. Awesome Maria, Johnny V, and Todd Pletcher's show again wins by a solid eight links. The Las Flores, grade three at Santa Anita. Gilded Gem was the winner. Joel Rosario and Bob Baffert teaming up for a length and a quarter victory in this $100,000 affair. The Excelsior, grade three at Aqueduct. 98,000 up for grabs, a mile and an eighth. And Herod the Gold is what he did. Is Eddie Castro took Herod to the goal of the winner's circle for John Hooper. Six and a quarter links. That was what was happening last weekend as far as some of the big recap of the, the races. You get one strong week, one weak week. But these next two are going to be incredible. And then after that, we get to read everybody's opinion in the world. And most importantly, we want to hear from you if you've got something to say. But let's talk about biggins from last week. Hopefully we're talking about some of the big scores you took down. Friday, April 1, 84 total biggins. Remington Park, race number 10, a super effect, 8,410.20 at Remington Park. That was a sweet payoff. April 2nd, 114 total biggins, Golden Gate. Race number 5, a super high five key, 13,116 even. April 3rd on a Sunday, 93 total biggins, Oakland Park. Race number four, Super Factor Key, 23,397.80. Monday, April 4th, 23 total biggins, Will Rogers Downs, OWRD. Race number one, a Super Factor Box, 9,104.80. Tuesday, April 5th, 48 total biggins, Portland Meadows, my man Jason Beam at the mic. Race number seven, a Super Factor Key, 8,684.20. Wednesday, April 6, 35 total biggins, Tampa Bay, TBD, races three through six. Yep, that's a pick four. It's worth 8,148.40. Thursday, April 7th, only 20 biggins because there's still racing going on. It can still grow from here. Golden Gate leads the pack, race five. It's a super high five, 2,651 even. That's a little recap. That's a little bit of a 
little bit of a story uh, coming your way here right after the big. And so, you know, you, you find yourself a little more, you know, kind of on the key here. You know, what's, you know what's happening. You know what we're looking for. But before we jump out and go any further, because I was actually thinking about when I said, you know, there's two weeks of, you know, solid, you know, solid action, you know, for, for the Derby. And a lot of people are saying, you know, well, okay, what do you, you know, what do you consider solid action? You know, what's, what's happening? And, you know, not everybody, you know, is, is going to be sitting there, uh, you know, like myself, you know, making wagers and watching and or being at the track. Let's try Saturday April 9th, that is this Saturday, that is just a couple days awake, and Santa Anita, we have the Santa Anita Derby, grade one, one million dollars up for grass, Premier Pegasus out of the Santa Anita Derby, Aqueduct, the Wood Memorial, it is the New York Casino Wood Memorial, one million dollars, Aqueduct, Keeneland, we got the Central Bank Ashland Stakes, $400,000 up for grabs. Grade 1 event. Ben Huffman will be chatting with us about that here shortly. We're going to be calling him. So we're going to be talking a little bit more about Keeneland. 75th anniversary. Beautiful place. Oakland Park. The Oakland Handicap Grade 2. $350,000 up for grabs. Going a mile and an eighth. Aqueduct yields us the Carter Handicap. Another Grade 1. We have the Illinois Derby at Hawthorne. A Grade 3 event. $250,000. Remember War Emblem? So did we. He won the Illinois Derby. Aqueduct, Bayshore Stakes, a grade three event, $200,000 up for grabs. Woodbine is the star. Shoot Stakes, $150,000. Santa Anita has the Arcadia Stakes, a grade two event, a mile on the weeds. Santa Anita also has the Providencia Stakes, grade $250,000, a mile and an eighth on the turf. Aqueduct, the Comley Stakes, a grade three, $100,000 event. Santa Anita, the Los Angeles, handicap, grade three, six and a half on the turf. That's the downhill. Pimlico has the Mr. Diaz Stakes, Tampa Bay. We have the Turf Distaff. Tampa Bay has the Vinery Turf Classic. Tampa Bay, they're doing it with the Ocala Breeders Sales, the Hilton Garden in Sprint, the Dayton Anders. Boy, that's just, that is just marketing at its best right there, making all that money for sponsorships. That's a beautiful thing. Gulfstream, Sunshine State Stakes. Evangeline, the Camellia Stakes. Sunland has the Zaria and Will Rogers. They got the Cherokee Casino and the Princess of Palms. That kind of gets you going, or at least to plan ahead, which you know I, I like to do. I, I like to see what's out there, and you know, and kind of, you know, kind of go along and say, okay, I know what I want to see, I know what I don't want to see, and I know what time I want to get there. But you know, as I was talking about, you know, stories of the week, I was reading something, and this is about the Florida Derby, and it's a week old on Collins Ghost, one of my favorite historical sites. As we got Mr. Ben Huffman holding, hopefully we won't take too much of his family time. He's out with the family. He was watching a movie. I'm going to say they probably went and saw Paul, but we're going to find out. We're going to find out my prognostication abilities here. He will correct us, uh, right and or wrong. Chances are I'll be wrong, but I'm going to go with Paul. Look kind of cute. Anyway, the original Florida Derby, 1926 to 37. Now, this was last week on Sunday. Gulfstream Park will host yet another edition of the Florida Derby, one of marquee prep races for the Kentucky Derby. The history of the present-day Florida Derby traces back to 1952. However, another race known as the Florida Derby can be found in racing's history books in 1926, then again from 29 to 37. The original Florida Derby took place on February 27, 1926, during the first-ever meet at Tampa Bay Downs. 
the same track that currently operates under the name Tampa Bay Downs and hosts its own derby, the Tampa Derby. One of the original financial backers of Tampa Bay Downs was Colonel Matt Wynn. Now, that's something we're going to have to put feet to the fire with Mr. Ben Huffman to see if he knew that one there. Colonel Matt Wynn for TBD, one of the big financial backers, no coincidence that his name is associated with the first derby run in the state of Florida. Of course, Wynn's name is synonymous with making the Kentucky Derby the most famous race in America, if not the world. St. Petersburg Times previewed the first Florida Derby on the 26th of February, 1926. Saturday, we'll see the principal feature of the spring meeting of the running of the $5,000 Florida Derby at a mile and a 16th. Most notable thoroughbreds have been training. They've been nominated, including Navigator of Mrs. Harry Payne Whitney's Green Tree Stable, Smiling Gus of C.E. Durnell Stable, Bag and Baggage by Colonel E.R. Bradley's Smart Entry, a field that promises fast competition. The Derby is to be celebrated in a proverbial way with a blanket of roses for the winner. And Colonel Harvey Myers, president of the Jockey Club, promised that the prize will increase in value with a total of $10,000 for the next year's event. The Cold Torture won the first edition of the Florida Derby. Torture didn't stay in that year's Kentucky and Florida Derby and stood as his only win of significance. He made 195 starts in a seven-year span. That's incredible. The head of Tampa Bay Downs, uh, Harvey Myers, promised $10,000 purse the following year, but that never happened, nor did the race. Tampa Bay raced only nine days in 1927 when the Florida Derby returned to a racing schedule in 1929. It was across the state of Hialeah Park in Miami. The reports of the 29 race claim that it was the first Florida Derby erasing or forgetting the race run in 1926. This is how the New York Times described the first edition of the Florida Derby. Well, there's a little story for you. We've had some big ones. We've got a recap of action. we got you primed, ready, and we got a gentleman holding. We're going to jump out to him here after we come back for our first break. So with that in mind, let's go ahead and take our first break now. And when we return, we're going to be chatting with Racing Secretary of the most beautiful place on planet Earth, Keeneland, opens his doors tomorrow, first post time at 110. We're going to be chatting with Mr. Ben Huffman, but only here on Winning Ponies. Well, I'm walking to the room, passing out hundred dollar bills, and it kills, and it thrills like the horns on my Silverado grill. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Welcome to Inside the Trenches, everyone, an interactive show that is sweeping across the nation here on Voice America Sports, simply with your host, 12-year pro football veteran, yes, of course, the voice of America, R. Cal Trula. We're bringing it to you today, starts at noon, and so does Inside the Trenches. 
12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, bringing you the ins and outs, letting you know what's going on in and around sports and also in and around your neck of the woods. So if you want to be on the show and you want to be a part of the show, simply go to InsideTheTrenches.com and let's make this thing happen for you. The interactive show that is sweeping across the nation, Inside the Trenches, your show. Do you think that all of the generic financial information you get every day is hard to navigate? You need to tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook. Every weekend, Andreas Duffy will help you filter out this information and turn it into wisdom that you can really use. Be informed about the financial decisions you're about to make instead of just blindly making decisions. Andre's connections in the business and professional sports world will help you so you don't need to worry about your financial success. Tune in to Duffy's Financial Playbook, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. Welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. And I'm your host, and thank you for taking your time to tune in, because without you, there'd be no us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific time, as we talk about the sport of kings. We've definitely got a king on the other line here, a gentleman for racing, one that he's going to leave a footprint in this game because he does it the old-fashioned, honest way that he was brought up, and, and it actually shows, and the, the toils of his work uh, come out in spades. One, Mr. Ben Huffman of Keeneland. Keeneland, Ben Huffman, are you there? Mr. Ed Meyer, yes, I am. You are all too kind. You have too, you have too many kind words for me. Thank you so much, Ed. It's my pleasure. And, you know, uh, Mom would say, stop me when I've lied. And there was no fib that came out of my mouth for any of that. And it, it's always such an environment. Dinner. Ben, I, I put your feet to the fire to this because I want to make sure that I'm not the only crazy person out there. Is there, more, is there a more glorious place if you're remotely a horse fan just twice a year, or if you like to go every day, is there a more glorious place than Keeneland? No, it's absolutely fabulous. And, you know, I tell friends of mine, uh, non-horse racing people, civilians I call them, even if you don't like uh, horses or horse racing, go to Keeneland. Just drive to Keeneland one day, walk around the facility, and uh, you will be amazed of its uh, just beauty and prestige and history. It's un- unbelievable. And and the people that do take me up on that, uh, they 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 rave about you know what what kind of special special beautiful place it is. And it and Ed, I'm telling you, it's an honor to work at a track like that. That was a question that I had right on the backside of this. Has there ever been a time when your car is coming down the drive? that you regret where you're at. I know you start very early in the morning and leave late, but has there ever been a time that uh, you're just like, wow, I, I should have been an architect? <laughs> no, 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 I, I don't think that. And, and, and especially right now, turning turning into the property and uh, the the trees, the buds are just now starting to pop. And, 
it, it, probably by tomorrow and Saturday, uh, the trees are blooming, and it, it's just gorgeous. And I do sometimes, I truly do, I pinch myself uh, pulling in that gate and seeing the seeing the beauty and the history. And, and like I said, it, sometimes it's just unbelievable that, that I actually get to work there. It, it, it is something. It's overwhelming, and uh, if it's on everyone's bucket list of things to do, terrific. And if you're uh, if you're a fan, definitely make your tracks. And if you live in Kentucky, I would consider it a, 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 a sin that if you didn't at least make three trips down, uh, if not the uh, my, my college best, I went 15 for 15. So uh, I think there was only 15 days, Ben. So I, I didn't do too bad that year. Right, 15 and 15 race days this spring as well. And we're looking forward to that. And also, this is the 75th anniversary for the beautiful place known as Keeneland. Yes, it is, and uh, they've got a lot of uh, they've got a lot of uh, 75th anniversary functions scheduled for for this meet, and especially in the fall because it's officially 75th anniversary for the fall. But uh, their Keeneland's ramping up, and there's gonna be a lot, a lot of different activities uh, that they're gonna be offering uh, this meet, and especially the fall meet. You go back. I'm going to say, we're, we're just going to say 30 years, just to be safe. No, no, no tenure involved. Everyone's done a spectacular job handing the baton to the next. But I have to say, it was a quiet track of historical beauty. Now it's an innovating machine, but yet still keeps the country charm. It's the most fine balance of a business that, that I'm so excited about. I mean, yeah, there's world-class casinos and, and other racetracks that, that hold their due part. But Keeneland, this year, they have a 50-cent pick five, pick three, pick four, 10-cent supers, a super high five, action nonstop with uh, the best in simulcast and live racing action. They have contests, community days, and they do this all with not besmirching the name of history that, that just surrounds Keeneland and envelops the whole area. And, and, but yet Keeneland is voted number one by the Horse Players Association of North America, Hannah. They vote them the number one track in America to go see. Uh, Ed, that's a, that's a tremendous honor. And Keeneland has a, uh, 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 several full-time year-round employees that work really hard at figuring out what the what the fans and what the handicappers want. You mentioned the the fifty cent pick threes, fours, fives, the new pick five wagers. So uh, Keelan, they work on it at all year, and they, they listen to their customers, and they do try everything they can to deliver what the customer is asking for if they can pull it off. And uh, some of these changes, I mean, you know, they've been working on them for say six months or a year, but. Uh, Keelan's very good at being progressive and listening to their customers. It is incredible. I can remember eight races and one daily double. Still tons of action, a lot of history. But, I mean, we still contain that, and it still has the same, the college kid look, the professionals to the guys and gals in T-shirts and jeans. Everyone's welcome. It's the great melting pot. And I have to say that for 15 days, make it a part, especially if you're if you're within – within at least a couple of hours drive and if not put it on your bucket list of places to be and do and go and see and be a part of uh ben uh, you're you're the racing secretary and, and that is a a pretty pretty daunting task i mean it's very tough to to put on such a quality product you and your, your wonderful staff you know you make things happen and but before you don the suit and tie your your dues were respectfully paid you were a man that had calluses upon the hand now at one time and you were working for one of Kentucky's longtime good guy trainers your dad Mr. Blackie Huffman That's exactly right and I've uh, I've mucked 
thousands of stalls and uh, <laughs> groomed hundreds of maybe thousands of horses and I just kind of grew up in that business and uh I don't I was gonna I knew I was going to be in this business whether it was a trainer I thought I was going to be a trainer for a while somehow I made it to the racing office as a temporary job uh between race meets somewhere along the line and I kind of like that and but I, I did know Ed from when I was a little kid I would be in this business some way somehow whether it was a farm manager uh, a horse trainer or, or or a racing official and I just the, the last thing I tried a racing official uh, it just it I got hooked and I really liked it and uh, so I kind of never went back to the to the to the training uh, portion of it or farm portion of it but you as i was saying the 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 whole circular motion of of the effort you know both sides of the coin you know what it's like to be putting in 15 hour days and being being the man that has a heavy crown upon his head about putting things together because that can soon be a sledgehammer slap but you also know about the physical toils that your father broke you in and uh, probably one of the most honest and tough guy trainers out there, every time he sat on one, 200 to one or even money, you had, you had to have him in there. So, I mean, you were brought up the right way, right into the business, and, you know, which, is, which is extremely pleasing that, you know, you know it from the ground up from a good standpoint. I think, you know, I appreciate those, uh, those kind of words about my dad. And, uh, you know, he tried to do it right, and, uh, he, ta- and he kind of instilled that in me. And, to me, you know, you just you just kind of bring your lunch pail to work every day, whether it's you know a physical outdoor job or indoor, and you just you treat people with respect and you be honest and, and you just work hard and and you know that's kind of the that's just the kind of the way it it should be and it, there's a right way and a wrong way and you know we do try to do it the right way uh, in these racing offices uh, in in Kentucky we try really hard to do it the right way. I know so many people that love their job and they they love being a part of the action and it's the only place that they would be and especially this time of the year when you work in Kentucky and you you hold such skill set. Ben, Ben, I have to ask you tomorrow's opening day. I mean, yeah, I'd be sweating down my back right about now. Can you break down the days and times for us and uh, what we can expect for an average daily handle uh, down at Keeneland? Oh my, that's a tough question. Um Average daily hat. Uh, excuse me, purse allotment. Forgive me. Per, I, said, okay. I, 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 I was going to come with some handle figures for her, but that's boring stuff. Uh, <laughs> purse is, uh, we're, we're only offering, Keeneland's only offering about $600,000 wow. per day. Wow. And and it it's, this, it's exactly, that's the average that we're offering, 600000 uh, it's been a little more in the in, in the past, and it's been a little less in the past. But this spring, six hundred thousand—that's not chump change, and that's the one thing that does help. Uh, I mean, yes, we all work hard in these races, racing offices, Ed. But that money is what gets the best horses, best owners, trainers, and jockey. And I think that's the that's the most exciting thing about the spring meeting at Keeneland, both meets, but especially spring, the best of the best will be at Keeneland day in, day out from horse flesh, trainers, owners, jockeys. And that's what that's the cool thing about Keeneland. 
for six hundred thousand dollars. That that is incredible. I mean, it, like you said, oh, it, it may have been better at one time, but those are still. We're living in here in the now, and those are incredible numbers, Ben, to be able to to work and offer out. And it must be quite exciting to be able to see uh, some of the big name operations and outfits that are coming your way. Now, last time we spoke to you, I believe it was for fall. And we, we chatted with you then, and you chatted about a gentleman by the name of Wayne Catalano who stepped in and was hitting them out of the ballpark left and right. Do we have any new outfits that we should be on the lookout for, or trainers and or riders that are going to be coming Keeneland's way? Well, uh, uh, the rider standpoint, the, the top guys are going to be in and out of here, mostly all meet. Garrett Gomez, John Velasquez, Julian Le Peru. Uh, uh, Javier Castellano, the whole crew will be here. And then when Oakland ends, Calvin Burrell and that bunch will be here. So we'll see all the top jockeys, top trainers. You know, they're all going to be racing from, um, geez, Steve Asmussen, and Todd Pletcher, um, Chris Clement, Steve Margolis, Wayne Catalano, uh, leading trainers from all over the country uh, will be, especially the south and east here, will be represented at Keeneland. A couple new guys, John Terranova from New York. He's got, he has 26 horses at Keeneland for the first time. He's always shipped in for stakes and we've been working on him for a couple years to have a division in Kentucky. And uh, we finally got him here and uh, he's set up at Keeneland. He's, he's ready to go. And uh, he, he says he's going to have a very strong meet. Steve Margolis, uh, he had a great meet at the fairgrounds. He's stable at Keeneland with more horse than he's ever had. He's going to have a good meet. Uh, Wayne Lucas, believe it or not, he, he's he's been shipping into Keeneland the last few years. He actually has a he's going to have a, he's going to have a full barn at Keeneland and Churchill. He so he could he could uh, make some noise in, in the in the races at Keeneland. So anyway. The guys you're used to seeing, Shug McGahee, Bill Mott, they're, they're all going to be here, Ed. They're all going to be here one one way or another. <laughs> it's incredible. It's like an all-star game every day for, for the names that, uh, you know, we, we both have tossed out there, and you were, you were saying that they're, they're going to be in there. And looking forward to each and every day and each and every race. Always a lot of fun. A bevy of incredible stakes beginning with a great three Transylvania on Friday, and we'll get to that in a moment. But we have – a couple of really big races during the meet. There's a bevy, and there's a super supporting cast of races. But the two that stand out in my heart are the Grade 1 Ashton, which takes place Saturday, and the Toyota Bluegrass, which takes place April 16th. Yes, Saturday, the Ashland. Uh, we've got nine three-year-old fillies in there, uh, Ed, and it, geez, we couldn't be, we couldn't be happier uh, with the bunch. Dancing in our dreams, delightful Mary. Um, Castman Blue. We got some future stars here in the Ashland, and I think a lot of people have been watching this dancing in, in her dream since she broke her maiden first time out of Keelan last fall. This will be your first try around two turns, and uh, the, the, Mr. Ward is very high on her. Uh, Kenny McPeak with Castman Blue, uh, he's high on her, and there's just, uh, I mean, it's a solid field. Anybody can. It's kind of wide open. There's really strong fillies in here, but there's also some of the some of the guys, some of the fillies you're not thinking about. Uh, they're ready for big races, so a big race. So it's just a, it's a very strong Grade One. 
In fact, I'm looking forward to dancing in her dreams. Julian Le Peru uh, also writing Catman Blue, the 9 to 5 favorite. Alan Garcia board for Kenny McPeak, Le Peru for John Ward. Uh, actually, he was, uh, he was horsebacking both. And uh, out to for dancing in her dreams, a uh, super filly by Tappet. Uh, the other uh, uh, filly by Bluegrass Cat, uh, I think it's going to be incredible heat, but I think it comes down to, I hate to say it, chalk chalk right there. It could be. It could be, but... Uh... <laughs> You just never know. You never know. We got the mile of sixteenth. Keep in mind that they run to the to the first wire, which is mm-hmm. the, when they turn for home. It's a little shorter run, so, so sometimes that, uh, especially with Phillies going around two turns for the first time, that first short wire at Keeling can come into play a little bit. If you know what I mean. And then we have the bluegrass on the sixteenth. You know the bluegrass is shaping up. Uh, you know. We're gonna have a huge, we're gonna have a large field. There's a possibility of a 13 or a 14 horse field in the Toyota Bluegrass next week. Um, I think part of it is because you know there's some nice colts going in there, but it you know it's not the top top crop in this country uh, leading into the race. So, but it's still seven hundred fifty thousand dollars on the line. It's a Grade One. And there's a lot of people that still have Derby fever, these owners and trainers, and uh, they can they can pick up some graded money in the bluegrass and and make the field in the Kentucky Derby. But you know there's some there's some really nice colts going there, uh, Santiva, Wilkinson, King Kongi, Wilcox in. I mean it's not a bad race, it's a good race. But I think with no t- no Uncle Mo types or or horses like that or Soldats. I think everybody thinks they have a shot at picking up some money. I'd say quite a bit of money. I believe $750,000 on the table. That's right. I'd be there. Nothing, I mean, there's nothing wrong with winning a grade one in Kentucky <laughs> in April. <laughs> Three quarters. Might not be a million dollar purse, but seven fifty is not chump change. Well, I'll tell you what. For those who don't want the other two, and or you know, that's going to change your mind. Go ahead and go elsewhere, and leave somebody else with all the donuts on the table. Ben, right. I'd like and to finish up spring, with uh, Ed, and you just never know. One of these horses could come out of the bluegrass. We don't know yet, and, and be a super horse. It's it's highly possible. We've had so many over the years. I mean, when I say we, I mean those fans in a sport that have watched and, and cheered and bet their $2 a pawn that, that have went on from the bluegrass to the, uh, to, to the, big, uh, the big dance uh, on the first Saturday in May. I mean, anything is possible. And, and actually, I'm really looking forward to uh, quite a few on there, but uh, I'm going to bring it up my handicapping portion. I don't want to bore you to sleep, though. <laughs> and I'm going to finish up with our uh, trifecta of questions for our guests. So sit tight and fire away. It's just like Jeopardy with no money. Are you ready? Oh, my. You're going to catch me off guard, but let's give it a whirl. (laughs) I promise. It won't hurt. Diet Coke on that one. Question (laughs) number one, what is it like for you driving in every morning? I believe we touched on this one, to a beautiful track, to a dream job. Do you you really feel that way? Do you have to pinch yourself? No, I truly do. And uh, this morning the sun was shining, and those little bitty buds on those trees are just starting to open up. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's that it's that incredible. It really is. I mean, it, I, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just, it's 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 very special to work at a, at a at a racetrack like that with that setting. In fact, it is. It is beautiful. In Lexington, fans visit and want to know the best places to eat. Where's yours, Ben? Oh, geez. You know, I don't live in Lexington. I live in Louisville, so I drive a commute every day, but. I'd like to think of something kind of no one's thinking of, but you cannot beat Malone's, the steakhouse ah, Malone's. I concur. And, and that's my favorite. Malone's. 
No <laughs> doubt about it. I, I concur. Question number three, end of the trifecta. Turfway numbers up, and Keeneland is rearing to go. Do you see this trend continuing in Lexington, or, and could we be seeing an upswing in racing? I think so, yes. Uh, uh, Turfway struggled a little bit. You would think they were struggling a little bit this winter, but at the end of the meet, they were up, and I think that is a positive sign. And right now the weather's turning, and uh, people are catching the, the whole derby fever, and the weather's getting good. And I, I do think Keelan's going to be up a little this meet. I, I truly do. Some other tracks are showing slight gains, and if, they're, if they can, Keelan can too. I agree, and uh, you're definitely going to have my patronage in a few days. Uh, patronage, I should say. Ben, on behalf of Winning Ponies, I'd like to thank you and yours for taking time out of your family evening out and uh, you being with us. Have a great 75th anniversary this entire year. A wonderful meet, and best of luck to you, my friend. Ed, thank you very much for having me on. I'm happy to, happy to join you. Thanks a lot, Ben. I'll be seeing you at Keeneland. All right. Good luck to your players out there. Thank you, sir. Mr. Ben Huffman, Racing Secretary Keeneland. We're going to jump into another gentleman right now who's had a ball game, Mr. Marty McGee from the Daily yeah. Racing Forum. Marty, are you there? <laughs> Is he here? Yeah. How you, Marty, how you doing, Eddie? Do you think Marty has this on hold? I wonder about that. Mr. Marty McGee, are you there? Okay. Well, Marty's on hold then, and uh, we're just going to be uh, waiting for that. Uh, he's actually had a river bats game, and he was on hold. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I guess it's my my fault on that one there that uh, we weren't able to jump out to him in a timely fashion. But we'll get to him here as soon as he, uh, as soon as he steps out of the hot dog line and kind of kind of jumps in there. I was talking about uh, Premier Pegasus out of the Santa Anita Derby. Uh, Daily Racing Forum reports that the Premier Pegasus uh, – Son of Fusiachi Pegasus, the 8-5 to five morning line favorite for the Santa Anita Derby, is sidelined with a hairline fracture to his cannon bone. The winner of the San Felipe Stakes by a record margin last time out was ranked as the West Coast leading Kentucky Derby contender. This has to be bringing some tears to some eyes. Brett owned and trained by, I won't even try to pronounce the gentleman's name, Compiled as Sterling, five starts, four wins, zero and one for $293,000 in earnings. Unbeaten as a juvenile, cashing the Jack Goodman, the Hollywood preview, and suffering his only loss, one-third to the factor. He's going to be out. So now what do we do? I think there's a couple of them out there that are definitely players. And, in fact, it's, it's going to be up to us if we, uh, if we can actually find them here. And uh, with that, I'm talking about here, here's some people that you can actually find that, that kind of caught my eye. And this was on the Arkansas Online. It said, in some parts of the country, horse racing is not as prosperous as it is in Arkansas. At Oakland Park in Hot Springs, the average daily attendance increased in each of the past three years. And on March 26th, the Arkansas Racing Commission approved Oakland's schedule of another planned season. they got another 56 days next year to play with in 2012. The best part about it is... You can walk in, you can walk in, and there's younger people there. So the younger revolution is there. And speaking about the revolution, we're going to try Marty McGee again. Marty, are you there? Hey, Eddie, how you doing? Sorry about I'm that. I'm doing great. Hey, who's winning the game? Uh, it's actually tied 2-2 two, two in the bottom of the seventh. No time for my rhetoric. I'll be brief. And, and uh, thanks again, Marty, for taking time to be with us. Uh, Keeneland opens up tomorrow. Uh, any horses that have caught your eye or anybody uh, on the alert wagon we need to be aware of? 
Well, I don't know, Eddie. I've been so busy writing about all that stuff. I don't know if you saw the Friday Forum yet, but I had, I don't know how many articles in there, and uh, they kept me pretty busy trying to track the Ashland and the Bluegrass. I just hit a home run for the guy. There we go. We got a home run already. But anyway, uh, my brother's got three in tomorrow, and um, hopeful for him, as always. I heard heard you talking to Ben for quite a while about what you had going with the Ashland and the Bluegrass. Uh, So it's going to be great. I think tomorrow, um, when they run the Transylvania, I'll probably be playing against Flock. I think his race is. Uh, decidedly subpar at, at Tampa and his comeback. And although he is a Breeders' Cup winner, uh, I would tend to tend to maybe play against him because he's going to be the favorite, which is you know generally a good policy anyway. So way on um, the outside, that, that's what I was going to ask you. I thought that was too far out. Well, I don't know about that because it is a mile of sixteenth, and, and uh, um, you know, it's just I just think that. There's a lot of good horses in there. You got the horses. The one, the good thing about Keeneland, I don't know if Ben touched on this, is what a melting pot it is. You got horses coming from Florida, good horses coming from Florida and New Orleans and New York, and you know a few even from California. So it's, it's quite the, you know, such a celebration of people returning from the winter time to to run here in our state of Kentucky. And how glad we are they are. So you've touched on the Ashland. We got that one down. It's a grade three event. And read it on the Daily Racing Forum site in the Santa Anita Derby. Premier Pegasus is out. Yeah, what a shame. I mean, he was just so awesome in the San Felipe. And I know that we ran a real big feature story on this guy, Wong Chong Cho, or uh, whatever his name is, and his 17-year-old son. It was really a great human interest story. And and for something like that, you know, Baffert and Pletcher and Lucas and Vito, you know, that seems like they always come up with one or two or more. But for a guy like him to have finally had his dream horse, and it's not a serious injury. I'm sure you've talked about it already on the show, but it's not a serious injury. But the timing couldn't have been worse in terms of making the Kentucky Derby, and it, it really does rob uh, the Derby itself of what surely would have been a great story. And we were really looking forward to that. Okay, so that's two in the bucket. There we got the Ashland, the Santa Anita Derby. This week, the Wood Memorial. Is it just the Uncle Mo show? Is this just a paid workout? Well, I mean, you would think so, Eddie. I mean, Uncle Mo's one to five on the line. I wouldn't be surprised if he'd be one to ten, even though it is a ten-horse field. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to be one to one to ten in a race like that. But if you go up and down the opposition, it doesn't look like anybody's going to be able to handle him, although, you know, you never know. He's just had the one race. It was a fairly easy race, and uh, but I, I tell you what, the way that Mike Rapoli and Todd have been talking, it sure sure seems like he's, he's going to have a cakewalk on Saturday, but then, you know, you got to look ahead to what that's going to mean four weeks down the road for the Derby. Is he going to have enough tightness? Is he going to be ready enough? Uh, you know, there's always the pedigree question with him, with the Indian Charlie, et, et cetera, so... Um, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting weekend of racing. We'll come out of that, and we'll look forward to the final <clears throat> major weekend of press with with our race, the Bluegrass and the Arkansas Derby, and and then we'll all sit down and start really doing our homework on the Derby. And we'll be definitely looking forward to reading all of your articles and such and everything that you put out because it's always a lot of fun. Marty, if you have an inside pocket ace, that uh, then I'll round it up with this last question here: an inside pocket ace. 
Who is the wise guy horse in your back pocket? Wow. Um, hmm. You know, there's going to be, I don't know if there's a wise guy horse, but I, I think Dale uh, Shackleford might really got another home run. All right, there we go. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think Dale was shackled. That horse might not be a fluke. I mean, he ran some good races, at, um, you know, last year. And, and uh, you know, I just think Dale, the, the, the race that he ran, you know, there's going to be some other speed in the race to oppose him. Um, but I really think that he, he might be a live horse at a price. And... Uh, so I, you know, there's going to be, you know, you got horses like Animal Kingdom. I think he's going to get overlooked because he, he's never run on the dirt. He doesn't have a dirt pedigree. So I'd probably throw those two horses in there as, as far as prize horses and maybe uh, horses who finally, when it's like Derby Week, people are going to say, "Hey, this horse is in the race and he's got a shot." Be a whole lot of fun. I always like to hear everybody's wise guy horse per se and to hear who they like. Marty, on behalf of Winnie Ponies, I'd like to wish you and yours the best. Thanks so much for being with us, even though you're at the ball game. Hey, we've got you home. Two home runs on that one, so it is definitely good luck to be with us. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to apologize for the background noise. I, no, I, I, I love thought it. I was in a safe spot, and I wasn't. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, catch me again, Eddie, and I'll be glad to come back home with you. Thanks Marty, thanks so much. Have a great time and good luck. All right, buddy. Thanks. All right, that's been Mr. Marty McGee of the Daily Racing Forum talking horses at the ball game. He said he had uh, some uh, some guests that uh, he needed to be with, and guess what? He's at the ball game, and hey, we heard two home runs live, and uh, he's a good guy. He's an excellent handicapper, excellent rider in the uh, the the racing world, and with some time left, you know, we we've got a little time left, and I promised you. Just a lot of handicapping here. Let's start with the seventh race at Aqueduct on Saturday. We have the Comely. Now, there's a guaranteed pick four of a half a million dollars. I'll let you do the math. If it's going to pay $100 for your pick four, what do you think a half million dollar one is going to pay? That might jump up 25 30 bucks. Who knows? Maybe even more. If there's a half million in it, who knows who's going to pile on top. But let's start on race number seven in Aqueduct, the one mile to Cumley. It's a grade three event, $150,000 up for grabs. And in here, I, I like the deuce. That's our holiday mood. Seven to two, Johnny Velasquez and Todd Pletcher teaming up. Uh, last year, they won 28% together, which was incredible. This is Third start off a layoff, one of my favorite angles. Uh, go back two, two times ago, right off the shelf, uh, being, being on the shelf since December 12th and comes back on uh, February 12th, has a little bit of time off there, and comes back and wins against older. Now, that was incredible for a young three-year-old, and then comes right back and wins the outruled on March 13th at Aqueduct on the inner track. I see two wins and a third from this three-year-old daughter of Trippy. I think our holiday mood presents a whole lot of problems for this field in the company right now seven to two that is race number seven at the big a and also there on the outer track if you were uh, if you lost score in the game there the eighth race at aqueduct seven panels the bay shorts a grade three two hundred thousand dollar event this race here really had me scratching my head and i'll probably have you scratching yours after this selection the one justin phillip ramon dominguez and steve asmussen hook up they're winning 40 
33% this year. Ran in the Risen Star against Mucho Macho Man Santiva. Has run against the likes of Wilkinson. Was a beaten favorite. Brethren, you name it. I think Justin Phillips has just faced so much better. This three-year-old Colt by uh, First Samurai just really looks the part for me. Was Triple Crown nominated? Is Triple Crown nominated? Uh, $400,000 sales purchase at Keeneland in 09. I think the grade two Risen Star is a big cut down here to the seven panel Bayshore. Going to go uh, grade three uh, the angle here. Had a work at Belmont, uh, you know, on April 2nd. Five furlongs, 101 and four, three of 13. That is the third best of the 13. And here's the selling point for me. Blinkers on for the Asmussen Barn, and that's what's going on with this Colt. Yields a 25 win percentage route. Now that is pretty incredible. So there's there's another one for your uh, second leg of your pick four. In race number nine, we have the grade one seven panel Carter handicap. And in here, I like the four. That is Kensai. Eight to one Edgar Prado for Stevie Asmussen. If Asmussen's doing really well, it looks like I'm going to be doing pretty well. The thing that kind of caught my if you if you look back at this five-year-old horse by Mr. Greeley, really looks good. The Met Mile of his grade one against Quality Road and Muskie, I mean, those are monsters. Run against the likes of Summerbird. At one time early in his career, Ken Sai was really thought of as the new and upcoming, uh, uh, you know, man on the scene here. But I think second off the layoff is going to be a really nice route. Indeed, if you're a buyer proponent, it was actually a buyer that caught my eye, and it surprised me because I went back and watch the race. At 8-1, to one, I'm value hunting here, and I see Kensai, Edgar Prado, in the grade one car to race number nine at Aqueduct. Race number 10, as I asked Marty McGee, I said, do you think this is a paid workout? In fact, it may be a mile and an eighth. The Resorts World New York Casino Wood Memorial, it's a grade one event for a million clams. And in here, we get the unveiling of Uncle Mo, who opens at one to five on the morning line. Thank goodness for the nickel breakage in New York. Uh, it's going to possibly hold down some of the minus show pool. Triple Crown nominated, $220,000 up for grabs. This has been the uh, the overwhelming uh, the overwhelming talk for the Derby four for four lifetime saw that impressive win the Breeders Cup Juvenile came back in an odd move in the Gulfstream uh, uh, debacle there in the, in the Timely Rider debacle wins by three and three parts there was nothing you know besides being bumped at the start and winning handily but in fact there was a lot of uh, talk about why did you skip the Tampa Bay Derby but Uncle Mo and the Repley Stable uh, and and Todd Pletcher and one. Again, Johnny Velasquez and the Irons. I, I, I don't think that you can actually squabble with him. I, I agree with Marty and I agree with the rest of the world. Uncle Mo, this is a paid workout. I, I'm kind of going along the lines of you must have three starts. I, I don't care if they're, if they're three optional claiming starts. I think you need three starts. This will be the second, and the Derby will be the third on the year. I think you need three going into the Derby. Those are just my old-time handicapping prognostication, bottom of my shoe like gum, with lessons to go with. And I think Uncle Mo may come up just a hair short, but I think on Saturday in the, uh, in the Wood Memorial, Uncle Mo is going to catch our eye and give us a lot to cheer about and, and chew about because if, in fact, he holds together and is the real deal, Uncle Mo may just march right into history, so that that covers the New York portion of uh, what what is uh, what is going on, and you know I, I kind of like to kind of like to bounce around, and I was talking about uh, Keeneland 
in the Ashland. It's a grade one event, a mile and a 16th, the Central Bank Ashland for $400,000. It's a grade one event. And Ben Hoffman was talking about some of the, some of the remarkable races in here. The Ashland, in my opinion, is, is one of those races, mark my words, where you're going to see somebody come out and be a factor for the Breeders' Cup. And it's going to be way back in history, but you're going to see the Ashland being a part of it. Each and every year, I could make a, make a case for about three and here, Bouquet Booth, the one with Robbie Arado, Margolis, they team up together. That's eight to one. Really, really looked the part to me on the initial. And, you know, I, I, kept, I kept looking at it, but I came in with dancing in her dreams. I, I just think this is a filly for the moment. She was a $330,000 Keeneland sales purchase. She won the four, or ran second in the forward gal, second in the Devona gal to our heat lightning, was a beaten favorite both times out. I think the mile to a mile on the 16th, even though they do finish at the first finish line, as Ben Huffman was talking about, I see dancing in her dreams just really just sauntering uh, her way right to the winner's circle. Julian Le Peru slated to ride for John Ward on this two-to-one shot. You would think that would be the favorite, but Catman Blue is nine-to-five. Alan Garcia and Kenny McPeak, the irony is Le Peru is riding both. Now, I don't know if he had uh, some sort of words and or contract and or something with John Ward aboard this fine filly, but he had his choice, it looks to me. Now, I could be wrong, but it looks to me and probably the rest of the wagering world is looking at this identically. So that's a factor for me. I'm going to go with the Le Peru factor, and I'm going to go with dancing in her dreams in the ass, which, which, I, which I've always liked and, and I've always thought was just a fantastic race to, to actually get to handicap. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's that uh, signature of spring and that, uh, that way where you, uh, you, you know that uh, the, the big races are coming and, and you can put away those, uh, <laughs> those claiming fives and, and uh, you know, that, that's what you make the most of your night out of. It gives the weekend something to root for. Let's go to the left coast. It's Santa Anita and race number seven, the Arcadia. It's a grade two, a one mile event on the turf. And, you know, in, in here, I found about two or three that really caught my eye, but I kept coming back to Caracortado. This is Jojo Talamo. Uh, he's not just a young man anymore. He, he's a journeyman rider and a dag on Goodman than after Mike Mikowski. Mike is a very solid conditioner. And once again, the numbers are right there, and they're sky high. The best part about this four-year-old gelding by Cat Dreams for me, there's two starts, and that's a win in a second. Jojo Talamo really comes rolling, and the rail wins at about a 43% climb. So uh, don't be afraid to uh, jump on uh, Cara Cortado in this race here. So that's what kind of caught my eye in the seventh race. The Arcadia was Cara Cortado, and then we go on to the the eighth, or excuse me, the ninth race. And we skip the eighth, and we go on to the ninth race at uh, Santa Anita, the Grade Two, and that is the Provencia. And and I really like a runner in here. Now this this one might get a play from me. And and when I say play, a little more than two dollars, but less than two million. But Campino and Garrett Gomez for Jeff Bond uh, really looks nice. This is a three-year-old filly by Hawk Wing. Bond is winning 21% out there. Garrett Gomez, anytime he climbs aboard, uh, not only does he hurt the odds, but he increases your chance of going to the winner's circle. There's been three starts from this filly, two of which are winners. Uh, we did not disappoint in the China Doll, an $80,000 uh, stakes race there. Came out at the eighth pole and rallied down the line. This is an Irish-bred filly here. I think Campino 
Cambina just really looks good to me. And I'm going to be, I'll tell you what, just like a cheap suit, I'm going to be all over Cambina. And then in race number 10, and you heard it right here, Marty McGee said it as well, columnist for the Daily Racing Forum, the Santa Anita Derby race 10 on Saturday, Santa Anita, a mile and an eighth. It's a million up for grabs. But there is a little defection in here, a defection of Premier Pegasus, who we were really just clawing at the chalkboard. We wanted to see this cult by Fu Peg do his duty because it looked like he could really withstand some heat in that last, uh, last race out in the San Felipe. Kind of had me pretty excited about this. Now, you know, with Premier Pegasus, we're going to see plenty of babies down the line. And for the trainer, the owner, and the breeder, all the same gentleman. And I just, I would butcher his name, but I'm just going to say what a very lucky man. Three off this three-year-old colt really looked the part and, uh, and was shooting more bullets than Jesse James in the morning. But Premier Pegasus looks the part. And Alonzo Quinones is probably crying his eyes out that, in fact, he's, he's not going to get, a, get an opportunity to, to take advantage of this. But in this race here, I'm going to, you know, sit with the defection of Premier Pegasus, I'm going to go with bench points on the outside. Timmy Octine is a trainer. Rafael Bejarano, you're getting three off the layoff, but if you take a look at those first three races, they were on the poly track. Then they went six furlongs, then they went a mile and a sixteenth, and each and every time, it looks like bench points is begging out for more run. Well, this time, it's a mile and an eighth. And you're not going to have to fight that bear, Premier Pegasus. So, you're, so first off, you're going to be scooting in a little bit. You're going to be getting the services of Rafael Bejarano right back again. And if you check those first three races, bing, bang, boom, three winners straight for this cowbred. And those were cow, two of which were cowbred stakes of the three. But third off a layoff, Bejarano teaming up with a three-year-old gelding by benchmark. Bench points might surprise you, might actually jump up there in price a little bit more than expected here. There's been two starts, a win, and a third for the three-year-old gelding. Anthony's Cross, I think, is going to get bet pretty good. Owen Hardy and Joel Rosario, which really makes me like bench points that much more. Comment to the top is uh, off the uh, off the big-time derby trail, but you know what, can provide a lot of speed. And you know what, another one that you're going to want to run here, Mr. Commons. You're going to want to throw him in in your underneath exacta here, Mike Smith and John Sheriffs. This is a must win. This son of Artie Schiller can tear them apart. I actually love the turf along the Arlington Million, but Mr. Commons is a must runner and must get it done. Well, it is that time. And thoroughbred racing never gets boring because time always flies by. Winning Ponies would like to thank Racing Secretary Keelan, Mr. Ben Huffman, Mr. Marty McGee, who was at the Riverbats ball game but still took time to be with us. Thank goodness, Mr. Marty McGee. And you for tuning in. Thank you for taking your time to be with us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. So until next week, when our guest will likely be Mr. Julian Le Peru, may your winners be many. And your photos be few. Good luck and good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.